Hi, I'm the reason rich white people are back on safari, Condé Nasty. Hi, I thought I couldn't be more mad than I was after last week's episode of Game of Thrones. I was wrong. I'm Ursula the Sea Bitch. And this is Reading Drag Race, the show where we talk about whatever we want. But mostly RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh, so we wanted to start the episode this week and just sort of broadly acknowledge that while we the podcast and we the gay community as the whole like to observe and obsess and nitpick and critique this show left, right, and center, we do love all of the queens. We love drag queens. We understand that it is not historically a lucrative line of work and they put themselves out there in the only show that provides a full queer cast with very queer representation and and your Hercela's quote on Dan Sav- from Dan Savage about um, the full spectrum of queer agency. Um, we love them. We respect them all. We nitpick because we love. Yeah. Uh, it takes, for any type of performing art, you know, you have to have courage just to get up there. People, like, worse than death is people's fear of public speaking. I can only imagine how amped that fear would be if your testicles were tucked inside your body. Uh, so... You know, even the queens I dislike the most, and I dislike a few queens quite a bit, I still have to give, like, that, you know, solemn nod of respect to, like, you put yourself out there, made yourself vulnerable, and especially nowadays, where every dipshit with a Twitter account can vent every dumbass thought they have at you directly into your home 24 hours a day. So, you said it. We nitpick because we love. The only other show I talk about this much with, with different friends, obviously, is Star Trek. Because it is as big a thing that I care as much about that has provided hundreds of hours of entertainment for me that I nitpick because I care about it being good and continuing to be entertaining. But I, if I ever actually thought the show was bad, I would just stop watching. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, and also we wanted to congratulate Roxy Andrews for winning Miss Continental last month. I keep forgetting to bring this up. Uh Roxy's wheelhouse is definitely not what I go to most for drag, but I I am somebody who feels like I constantly defend Roxy Andrews because she's only ever competed against the best of the best who have ever been on this show. And she is indisputably, she is a queen who has so many of the skills down so well, and she fully deserves this. And I just want to congratulate Roxy Andrews. Yeah. My, I'm glad my, she won. <laughs> yeah, my position on Roxy has considerably softened since her actual seasons. I do think now she was a very good queen in a season with legends. Yes. No, that's the only time. That is the only time we've ever seen her yeah. compete. If Roxy Andrews was in All Stars 3. If Roxy Andrews were on this season. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. no, completely. Um, she's phenomenal. So we just wanted to touch base on that. Um so, Hersela and I have been passing ships in the night for the past two episodes. Hersela was getting some queens together for the Met Ball last week, so she couldn't be in town. Uh, so, so, you know, we're, we're doing our thing. And I don't like to brag. That's a lie. I love to brag. Yeah, that is, this is true. Um, so, I just wanted to talk about Nina and uh, Brooklyn, because I feel like the storyline of them growing as queens, of their performance, and of their friendship have been touched on for the past few episodes. And I'm going to be honest, uh, as a queen who is somewhat anal retentive in particular and a little uptight like myself, friends with a fabulous and always funny and articulate off-the-cuff loving and warm queen who uses Disney villainesses to channel her rage in a constructive way and is a much better person than I, 
Ursula. Uh, I see a lot of parallels in their friendship <laughs> and ours, and I'm not going to lie, it's not the best reflection of me, but watching the episodes, I did definitely feel like I wanted to talk with you about them. Uh, you are always the one who wants to get naked, so... <laughs> yes, this is also true. Um, yeah, no, so on the episode with Fortune Feimster and Cheyenne Jackson, um, you and Oblivia had some thoughts uh, that were not surprisingly very different than my own. Um I did want to talk about the Nina and Brooklyn situation. So I know that you, you seem to see it like Nina was really giving something up by giving up the naked role. And that that was sort of the issue there with her giving, giving up too much for Brooklyn, not focusing on herself. Um, I actually disagreed with a lot of your take on that from the perspective of, I think Brooklyn is very dancerly and in control of her body and can deliver comedic beats with that kind of physicality way better than I think Nina would have. Even if there was body positivity moments with Nina, I think Brooklyn could was able to do something really big with that that very few people could, and I think that's like where she's strongest as a performer. I do like absolutely think that overall, and in a way that's much harder to edit in and thus did not get edited in, Brooklyn was super self-conscious, super type A, super worried about this and probably nagging and asking a thousand tiny questions of Nina to the point that Nina never got to focus on developing her character beyond like a physical characterization of a woman who would live at a trailer park. And I will admit right now, if you and I were on that show and we were given that script, it would take all my strength to push against doing the exact same thing. And I do think that Nina being willing to tend to Brooklyn probably did cost Nina that win. Yeah. Because I, Nina knows how to deliver. <clears throat> what are your thoughts? Um, I mean, the, the part that hung back for me was like, uh, I, I understand Nina was incorrect to wait as long as she did for the Q word. Like, mm -hmm. she should have busted in as soon as, as soon as it, the, the nanosecond it was clear the Q word was not coming, you bust through the door and let the chips fall where they may. And m maybe I'm just in my feelings about it, but it felt like, Nina specifically switched roles because you asked her to, and in exchange, you should have kept one subroutine in your brain, make sure I give Nina the thing she needs to do this. So maybe I'm overweighting that, but I also think, like, j just narratively, if you, if you said Brooklyn and Nina are on a team, there's going to be a body queen and a trailer trash queen, I think the inversion still gives both the opportunity to do something against type, which is usually what makes the judges pee their panties in an acting challenge. Okay. I, I still think the best casting choice is the choice they went with. I think that it's much easier to reduce it to that if you're producing a reality show for what the problem was. I think the actual problem was a thousand little cuts mm. of Brooklyn's anal retentive neediness, meaning that Nina could not do Nina. And, I mean, we've we've seen... The televangelist challenge. Yeah, yeah. We will discuss the magic challenge <laughs> momentarily. Nina can fucking deliver a performance. There is no question. Um, but I, I hear what you're saying. I think we have different takes yeah. on that. But I mean, ultimately, I think everybody agrees that Brooklyn distracted Nina from doing Nina. Yeah. Um, so the following week, Nina West again got her televangelist moment. She showed up the second she and they announced what it was. I was like... This is Nina's challenge. Yeah. They're going to have four queens with two wins. Yeah, I saw Jesus. Oh, oh yeah, immediately. <laughs> immediately. I was so excited for for Nina's performance and did not 
think for a millisecond about anybody else's yeah, performance yeah. before that. Like, uh, so good. Uh, the, the magic act was great. I mean, I, 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 I don't want to retread ground. That was no, well, yeah, but please well believe this. The moment for me, that caftan was perfection because it was the most caftan-like. Everyone else was like... It was a comedic performance. It was camp. Oh, it was so It good. was caftan camp oh, perfect. I'm reasonably convinced that Nina took that caftan from her mother... And I mean, like, her biological mother, not her drag mother. Okay. Like, like Mrs. Mildred West wore that to a pool party in 1979 while she was pregnant with Nina, which would explain a lot. And, like, was there with, like, a pack of parliaments in one hand and a pre-made banana daiquiri in the other. And that image is very strong in my mind. And I think Nina knew that's exactly the image she was evoking, this, like, you know, flouncy Midwest housewife. And it was just, like... And, and that's what a captain is for. It just... It was so good. It just... It was also like the proportions were there. It was it was the fine detail that they tend to clock Nina for was completely resolved in that look. I completely agree. I completely uh, just, agree. It made me so happy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I hear. I hear. So I will say this. I, I was kind of sleeping on Nina at the start. It's not that I ever disliked her and I always understood on paper, this is the queen closest to my yeah. wheelhouse. I did always wonder if she could step out of what I thought assumed would be a much narrower box um you know and it's not that you have to be like like uh, you don't have to be yeah, bianca proved you can do one thing incredibly well and everything else competently and do very well in drag and i don't dispute that i will say between the uh praise challenge and the magic challenge and and her looks on the runway like i I think the only thing that kept her from a win in the uh, farm to runway look was like four inches of skirt. Had she turned that into like a true pencil skirt of corn husks, they would have died. I agree. The peplum solved <laughs> the proportion problems. It was fine. Um, it just, I've re also, I'm going to say this about Nina and it's going to come back when we talk about what happens later. Um, but I think Nina really unironically and without concern for how it makes her look walks the walk on a lot of Rue's, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like homilies and sayings like yeah. this, like, like Nina clearly. Platitudes. Yeah. The, there's the word. Thank you. Um, but Nina clearly sees herself as like some, ha that she has some responsibility to the world around her and actively works to care about those things and does it in a way that doesn't demand attention to the things she's doing rather than the things she's doing it for. Like, everything I've read about Nina since she's been on the show has just been like, oh yeah, this is the bitch who will roll in and, and like, do the fundraiser to get you the thing to fix the thing that burned out. Like, and I really, I like that. It makes me, it makes me happy to be around Nina. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, for those of you who don't know, but per capita, Columbus, Ohio is actually the queerest city in the Midwest. And Nina and her drag house are very central in both the advocacy and the bar life scene. So, like, the love for Nina West and her 17 drag daughters and the House of West is all very, very real. Um, I've said before on this podcast, my husband has um, queer family in Columbus who, some of whom work for, like, their uh, LGBT health center and know Nina and work with Nina. I'm actually going to a lesbian wedding in Columbus 
this fall, and I'm we're already planning on meeting Nina. I'm very excited to meet Nina. Um, oh, I'm hiding out in your trunk. You're like, so I'm coming to this wedding. <laughs> yeah. So no, I'm very excited. Um, she's great, and and I think you are right. I think Nina is a big leader and activist in a small but very queer city. Hmm. Um, so that's that is real. Uh, I think I think she is in many ways the RuPaul of Columbus, Ohio. So, um, on that note, this episode will be filled with nothing but love and redemption stories for Nina West. You're, you hear it now, but we're going to take a brief commercial break and bring that girl in to discuss the episode. Hi. We don't have any sponsors yet, but I just wanted to take a moment to talk to you about Fiber for Bottoms. I believe it was the great English adventurer Winnie the Pooh who once said, If you stick your hand in the honeypot, sometimes you're bound to find bees. But rest assured, Fiber for Bottoms is here to evacuate that problem from your life. Like the forthcoming environmental catastrophe or a terrifying alien invasion, Fiber for Bottoms is determined to eliminate your native bee population. The proprietary blend of chia, flaxseed, and celia husk will gather all those bees up into one massive salubrious swarm and push them out of that black hole and into the stratosphere turning that black hole pink honey and leaving you with the sweetest honey pot in all of West Hollywood. So don't be a dirty little piglet. Exterminate those bees and keep that honey pot sweet with fiber for bottoms. And we're back with that girl. Hey, that girl. Hey, that girl. It's been a hot minute. Well, I mean, for I was on last week, so... Well, since, <laughs> since I've seen you, and, and like all Scorpios, I think the universe actually doesn't exist if I'm not here to witness it. Like, as soon as I walk out of this room, y'all blink out. So you're like a, you're like a baby playing peekaboo with I, Ursula doesn't have object permanence. As a Scorpio, <laughs> I'm going to say it is not in the uh, astrological charts that the world is the matrix to all Scorpios. <laughs> that might just be a Ursula problem. Um, all right, so... Keep talking, imaginary friend. <laughs> oh my god. All right, let's get into this episode. So, this is actually something I should have brought up in our in our intro, but I will say, on Brooklyn and performance, I feel like Brooklyn is funny, but she's not an actress who do com- does comedy or anything. Mm-hmm. I think her Snatch Game was inexcusable. This, this, she's off the fly coming up with funny one-liners. I'm telling you... She could have just picked a character who was a cunty bitch and picked a costume that would have done the work of a character and just read the girls on that panel and done, like, what good to well. Yeah, no. That, I, that Celine Dion was inexcusable. Oh, no, especially in light of the mini challenge, which which we'll get to in a second. I, I want to talk about the, the mirror message, because, it, first of all, I think it's very important to read the mirror message, Raja. What? Which was what? What was this one? Uh, for Sugar's, uh, she signed... I forget the specific message. It was it was lovely and professional. And she signed it Nana. And I've been reading this week. That's apparently what the other girls called her because she is the eldest queen. She's kind of the den mother. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's not something that makes it on camera, even though that, that was apparently a large part of their interactions. It's something I've been... Uh, like, the way they... Yeah. Like they'll they'll only film the conflict, and I'm like, you can give me a little genuine bonding. If you just gave me five minutes of the queens being nice to each other, I have the emotional maturity to understand why that's narratively interesting. Because if nothing else, like we all know that come hell or high water, whether it's in an episode or in the final, Brooklyn and Vanjie are lip syncing against each other. I know it, you know it, Rue knows it, God knows it. But because we care about these people the conflict is interesting. So if you actually show me 
talented people being professional with each other, it makes their professional conflicts more entertaining, not less, because it means it's like, oh, I care about me, but I also care about my friend. So little shit like that, like, I would have liked to have seen an instance of Suga being Nana to the group. That would have made, like, Suga got such little airtime, that was part of the problem, and I think it's why Suga went home yeah. when she did. No, where, they're definitely trying to give a bad girl's edit to good girls. Right, it's like, you can make her the den mother, and we'll all live for it. We might be more mad at you when you summarily execute her, uh, but... <laughs> That was accurate. <laughs> Whoa. That was accurate. I just, I, you can paint with all the colors. You can show me queens genuinely bonding. And I think that doesn't destroy the drama of the show. I completely agree. Yeah. Um, is there anything else from the top of the episode? Yeah, it was okay. a pretty low key top of the episode. Okay. So overall, I think the slapping challenge was super fun. The girls had a good time with it. And Brooklyn proved me right. Her snatch game is inexcusable because she is a funny person. Oh yeah. Like that's just. Um, yeah, I, I, all of those reads were better than the library. The, the reading challenge? Yeah, oh no. Oh my god. They were significantly better than the reading challenge. Who was your favorite for the reads? And mine was actually Brooklyn telling uh, Evie that her head looks like her testicles after a few hours in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm a terrible human being. No, that okay. one was probably my favorite, too. I was sitting alone in my home and I cackled very loudly by myself. It was great. Yeah, yeah. did you immediately take a bath afterwards? To check? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, and I gotta say, Brooklyn, and, and Brooklyn did it again. We, we talked about uh, the trailer park thing where she incorporated her physicality. Yeah. Brooklyn did a flawless job of, do, like, Brooklyn knows she's the best spin, at, yes, the, the spins and the, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was great. It's yes. like, yeah, I love a queen who's like, I have, this is the tool in my kit, and I can, I will work I, it in whenever see, I can. I also liked Evie's uh, slinky moment. Me too. Oh, yeah. Oh, go, too. oh, oh yeah. You, you slapped Gumby, and Gumby did a thing. Of course. Great. Yeah. No, no. Great. <laughs> yeah. Loved no. it. I feel like Brooklyn has many tools in her toolbox. Actress is not one of them. But I feel like she excuses that too yeah, much. It bothers totally. me. Um, but that was great and very fun and resulted in Brooklyn getting to pick the teams. I'm only going to ask one remaining question sure. about this mini challenge. Yeah. What did Brooklyn and Vanjie say to each other? Was there literally nothing? Or did they not want to give it to us because it would destroy the, like, in love near? I spent that whole thing being like, what are Brooklyn and Vanjie going to say to each other before what, face? Yeah, what, why didn't we see them slap each other? I bet they intentionally did something uninteresting yeah. so that the production would just, like, move it along. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe, maybe they even, like, missed. They yeah. were just like, ah. yeah. Like, it was just, like, nothing. Yeah. Um, so Brooklyn gets the responsibility to pair up the girls with the six returning girls. By the way, I love that it was Mercedes, Raja, and Kahana. The, like, either most underwhelming or uninterestingly conflicting queens that were not included. I was I, like, I love they, that they cherry-picked. I was, I was like, that is shit. I loved it. It the was so funny that they, they made the right choices. Yeah, no, the fact that they brought back Soju, who doesn't even wear heels, and they didn't bring back, like, Kahana, yeah. who's, like... As an established drag mother that was on the show but failed to do anything compelling at all. Like, I was just like, yes. I mean, it made, <laughs> it made a little more sense when they said that none of the queens would be returning off of this, yeah. which actually makes two seasons in a row now where there hasn't been a return and eliminated queen challenge. They didn't yeah. do one in season 10 either. No. Uh, and Thank I, God. I have to say, like on the one hand, it's always fun, high drama to watch the girls who are still here squirm a little. 
But it's it's kind of like you know how America's Next Top Model has only kind of produced a single model with any like career. It's always like the Eliminated Queen returning never stays more than an episode. So it is kind of like why do we well, bother? Trixie I stayed for two episodes and yeah. probably had the thing that established her career happened during those Fair two enough. episodes. Though, though Trixie is a special case for the fuckery of the show, which is a how, how coincidental you bring that. <laughs> uh, so I was gonna say I actually I love the returning queens. I like the ability to redeem themselves. Do I think that sometimes it kind of proves there's a reason these girls went home originally? Absolutely. Do I think the show also edits to be like a returning queen can't actually win, so we're gonna get you out quickly and it's annoying? Also true. <laughs> My feeling is what I want the show to do is to always have that episode. And if a girl gets herself back in this game, she's in the game. It's yeah. no, not gra- her previous elimination is not grounds to eliminate her right, moving agreed, forward. Agreed. Like that makes it uninteresting and not real. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's my actual. That, that makes it a competition. No, which it makes it, it uninteresting and real. <laughs> like that—that's the thing. If you're gonna put that out there, they got back in the race. They got back in the race. This is not the week they were. Yeah, no. Replaying. Uh, yeah, I don't know. The further that, like, the more seasons of Drag Race we acquire, the less I'm like, yeah, but it's not like a competition. It's a TV show. It's not a competition. I mean, you're not wrong about <laughs> that, but I still want them to treat it like a competition. Can we, can we talk about the most important aspect of their turning queens? What? Honey Davenport with a beard is fucking hot. Yeah. 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 It really conceals the, like, too boyish boyishness of the face. And suddenly so it's just like, hi- that's a man. It highlights his bright, beautiful eyes yeah. that yeah. just smile yeah. like the sun. Yeah. 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 Oh. I, I could I could melt that. Yeah. Holy oh. fuck. And I love, that, I love that she told me, you know what this beard is? Yeah. A dick magnet. Yeah. No, I'm like, definitely. haven't you been locked in a hotel for two weeks? I said what I said. <laughs> <laughs> I missed that. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm hypothesizing. Oh, wow, that's too funny. I was like, boy, I feel like I'm not even watching the show anymore. <laughs> you didn't you did hear the dick magnet no, comment? No, I did not. Oh, no, that totally happened. Yeah, okay. everything after that was my fan yeah, fiction. Got it, got it. Um, okay, so while we're far into this already, so Brooklyn divvies up the teams. I actually think Brooklyn was super nice oh, with, yeah. with picking people, and I think that she gave Silky... Um, somebody that was challenging, but I think Silky was going to be challenging to pair up. How shady was it? Unclear. Do I think it is totally serviceable for Brooklyn to be nice to everybody but Silky? Also, that's what I would have done. So, to me, it was the best choice. Honestly, I feel like she paired up everyone with, like, you know, someone that would work with them really well. I thought it was totally legit. And Soju was the leftovers. It's so silky, right? Yeah. It's and not- like every like every time you pick teams, someone has to be picked last, and it it was Silky's turn to be picked last. It yeah. wasn't like, oh, let me be shady towards Silky. Oh no, yeah, no offense. Whoever got Soju was gonna be like, oh, you were being shady towards me. Yeah, <laughs> and and who, who like like every other pair like Nina and Sugar have worked together successfully in the past. Whatever the judging panel said, yes. Um, Vanjie and Ariel are physically the same height. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and like cheekbones and yeah. jawline. Yeah. Uh, Honey and uh, Akira are literally drag sisters yes. already. With similar uh, colors. Drag cousins. Yeah. With similar coloring. Yeah. And Brooklyn and Plastique 
are the prettiest ones there. Like, like everyone else made sense because they each had like a, it wasn't like Soju was also a narcissist. <laughs> um, it's like, it's yeah, like no. there, was, there was no one, uh, the, like there was an odd queen out in the There was queens, literally no one to really it was pair Soju or Silky. Anyway, yeah, totally. unless you were going to be like, it was either like, essentially it boiled down to, so am I going to screw Akira or am I going to screw Silky? And I'd rather screw Silky over yeah. I mean, it was the same as season seven when Kennedy paired people, and at the end it was Tempest du Jour and Jaden Dior Smith, where it was like she was really Jaden Dior Fierce. Jaden Dior Fierce. Uh, sorry, you're right. Uh, no man, no Pam, no curry, no Popeye, no creepings, no cauliflower. Thank you. Yeah, no, I um where it was like these were she was super generous with the pairing, and then this was all that was left. Okay, so we're moving into the uh, Rue stirring the pot portion of the episode. What were your thoughts? Uh, Rue stirred the pot. Like, I don't even... Rue in the workroom. He went over to Brooklyn and was like, boy, you were really shady giving Silky Soju. Like, right off the top. Like, you were shady, bitch. What were you doing? And Brooklyn was like, I really wasn't. Yeah, yeah no. And, and, yeah. I, and we all believed that, yeah. yeah. Uh, my favorite part was just that conversation with Silky, where it's like, it was like the bloom is off the rose, apparently, at least a little with Rue. You're, like, happy to see her humanity and vulnerability a little. Like, you're, like, happy that she's shaken it all. It, like, shows she's a person who's listening. A little bit. Yeah. Where, yeah. But it was just, like, like, what about your pads? Oh, well, I'm just gonna have to uh, insert drag platitude one, insert drag platitude two, my pads. And, like, you mean wear more tights to smooth out the line of your pads, which sounds to me like some pretty basic drag advice. It like, is. It's not, it's like, like, makeup goes on your face. Like, it just... <laughs> it needs to be blended at some point. Right. It just, it was just like, the fuck? Oh. It, it, like, it, you know, not to belabor the forthcoming point we're all going to make about Nina. It's not that Nina was a perfect queen, but Nina could intelligently take criticism. Yep. She incorporated every piece of advice and turned into a better, at least, if not a better drag queen, at least a better contestant. Yes. Are we going to have, like, insert monologue about Nina West every t- here? For the, rest, like, for the rest of this episode. For the We're going to try to save some of, yeah, no. She's in my <laughs> coven now. My, my coven has seven queens now and Nina's in it. Yeah. Like, just... We're, we're some witchy bitches, yeah, girl. Like, totally. that's just, that's where we are. So, yeah, I just loved watching Silky get red, and it was fun watching Rue, like, be like, oh, you actually can't hit the ball back this time. Because it was like, yeah, yeah, Rue, we knew that. We've known that since the beginning. It, I'm actually surprised that they, they're trying to keep her around so long, because I thought they were really relying on her, and they, like, weren't, weren't going to send her home early. And to me, it's like, have they not figured out yet that the fans are actually going to hater yeah. like that they should be sending her home. I always want like maybe in the editing booth all of the other queens being like reasonable adults makes Silky look like the only interesting one so they overestimated how much fun she would be oh I I just I just understand her as more of a like plot device of the show and yeah. that, like just because the fans hate her doesn't mean she shouldn't be there to elevate everyone else and make the show and good. make the show good I'll give you like it whether people like or hate this person really has nothing to do with like Fair whether enough. they should stay or go because they make great plots and storylines. Yeah, so. and you know it wasn't a great plot this episode. <laughs> Wiggate. Oh Wig-gate? my god! I have never been so pathologically bored. Oh yeah, as, like oh, the my, god. my entire yeah. life. Yeah, no, it I... wasn't like. 
That was so dull. It's like, why did you keep that in? You could have shown me, like, like an old Looney Tunes or something for the four minutes you Five spent. Five minutes of Honey Davenport shaving that beard would have been more interesting. <laughs> yeah. I would have liked that. I know. Me too. I would have liked like, that. Like, ooh, ooh, like an ASMR of it. Like, yeah, yeah no. It's, it's yeah. A... <laughs> Call the producers. Yeah, no. Like, like, like I could watch Honey it wasn't Davenport even like Ariel ever great do... many things. <laughs> like, it wasn't even like Ariel ever specifically said the wigs were an accident comma, therefore, I would like my wigs back, which would have been also tedious, but like a mild notch more. It was just like, I'm going to indirectly complain about something while not demanding any type of action be taken. Whatever the director in direct communication of that was, it was boring television. Oh, it was terrible. Like, she left luggage behind and we're going to spend seven minutes of storyline on it. I do not care. Yeah, I can't believe the like. It doesn't matter. I can't. Then yeah. on top of that, though, the thing that I the only part of Wingate re reemerging that I did like was the fact that all the other eliminated girls were just like, "Girl, you said you were going to come in here and like pop off and like have something to say." That was and, funny. Like, look at you. You ain't saying shit to nobody right now. And I was just like, yes. This is exactly it. This is exactly, like, quintessential Ariel Versace in that it's just, like, you know, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm gonna use a Red Dead Redemption 2 analogy in that it's a small tree with a big shadow. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, ain't nothing there, but sure acts like there's a lot there. Yeah. Like, I agree. I'll I agree. pretend, I'll smoke and mirrors. You ain't gonna do nothing. Sit down and close your mouth because you ain't gonna do nothing. I agree. Um, getting back to the Rue walk around shit stirring, um, she did come over to Nina and inquire about Nina and Sugar and what they were gonna wear. And Nina had this like, I'm a really mindful gay saint. Here are the outfits and the message I'm going to say moment, which was so like Nina is like better than all of us and so good. And Rue was <laughs> like, Well, that's saint. a really nice message. And then like walked away and wasn't like are you worried they're not high fashion enough or anything? I actually saw that as Rue just kind of having a positive, okay, you're not, and you're not going to give me like meaty, like gossipy television. You're a gay saint. Great. Walking away and not giving any input. And then all the other judges were like, no, this is like, I mean, obviously it didn't. Do you think it was shady for Rue to not say anything? Do you think she did that intentionally? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe she did say something and got edited out. Like, it was clear she wasn't, like, gagging over it, but it wasn't like, oh, okay. Like, based well, on that description, I expected Nina to be safe. Like, that felt like the safe edit, honestly. Yeah, it did. That it, did. it did. Yeah, I'll agree with you with that. So, do we want to actually get into these runways, then? All right, so we start the runway with Evie Oddly and Scarlet Envy in their sort of denim-tattered looks. What did you guys think of this runway? When Evie said this was the the Scarlet's look was the first thing I ever made, I said to myself, "You think?" It gave Scarlet hog body and was like weird and did not do it for me at all. I and I liked it on Evie. I hated it on Scarlet, and I think part of that was, I think I can describe it as it was a failure of a makeover. It was just handing the queen one of your dresses and saying, "Put this on." Okay. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I'd feel that way. I do think that Scarlet definitely didn't look as good as Evie. I did like the, uh, I like the overall concept though, but at the same time, it, it did remind me a little too much of her octopus. 
like you mean thing. The jellyfish. Jellyfish, yeah. sorry. Yeah, no, the jellyfish look and that it was just like a hell of a lot of strips Flowy. of fabric. Yeah. But at the same time, like, I kind of liked it. I did like the hair, though. I liked the strips of Denimet's hair. So mm-hmm. I was a fan, yeah. but I don't like it anytime a queen paints a design on just a portion of her face, like a la David Bowie that they both had going on, like covering up one eye. Yeah. I just like they both had not... one blue and one brown contact, a la David Bowie too. Oh, did they? Yep. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I caught that. There was a whole... Oh, so it was a whole David Bowie thing. Like homage. it was an actual David Bowie moment. Yep. Oh well. I like how I identified it as that and didn't like it for that reason. And then I was like, it's not David Bowie, and now it is David Bowie, and now I'm still like, well, it still looked like shit. But uh, besides that, I did like the look. I did like the look, but Scarlet did look cheaper. Okay, so I feel like, A, I like this look conceptually, and I like the idea of the flowing fabric that Evie is particularly fond for. I think it suits her and her brand, and I think Scarlet Envy was right. That in her own weird way, Evie is very high fashion. I do think this managed to look too craft store messy, especially Scarlet's garment, to land on that high fashion. All of that said, I was extremely impressed with the performance and characterization and the physicality that Scarlet was so good at emulating. Like, the vocal intonations of Evie's weird, crazy laugh. Like, I was so impressed... Oh, no. With Scarlet doing such a good job selling Evie's look. No, that was the one thing I did like was the callback to the good yeah. God, get out girl laugh. Yeah. I thought that was like really well done. Yeah. Yeah. That was like a piece that it was kind of like how Brooklyn can kind of talk her way. Like I put on this paper bag and I'm going to like dance my way through it. And then like there are Queens that can like describe their look so well that it like elevates it a notch that, that I did like where it's like they performed the idea really well. Yeah, no. For sure. Yeah, no. For sure. I, I like that. And honestly, like, Scarlet sold the hell out of it. Scarlet sold the hell out of it. Because she, she very much did embody Evie. And for that reason, honestly, like, though Evie's look was better, I think Scarlet had the better performance, honestly. Hmm. Like, between the two she of them. She was committed. She sold it. She was, she was committed. committed. And I, I was very impressed by that. Yeah, no. I, I I really like Scarlet Envy this episode. I thought she did great. Um, the next one, I can't remember the order, but I'm just going to no, talk. It was, it was um, Nina and uh, Sugar. Okay, so the next one was Nina and Sugar. What did you guys think of these looks? I liked it fine. Like, it wasn't, like, to jump, to, to pull in the criticism, which I guess is accurate but still annoyed me, was that they, they were, like, pride parade costumes as opposed to fashion, but the challenge wasn't Cote Couture. It was make this queen look like your sister and she did because it feels like Nina West Brand is a little bit marching in the pride parade. Like, yeah, and having that crazy, I, like, weird hair. That's... I totally thought Miss Fousey, and yeah. I'm like, it's just like, yeah, this is this is a bar queen installation in our local drag community, which is exactly what Nina West is, and that's exactly what her looks looked like. Even, for, even though they clocked her for wearing bicycle shorts, I thought paired with the boots... She was still shaped well. And she was doing an homage to Kinky Boots because she is a theater, a musical theater queen. Yes. Like, the explicit homage in the construction of the garment. totally. All makes sense. I liked the garments. I do think it's like, you need to say it's a fashion challenge if it's a fashion challenge. Thank you, yeah. Um, So the one thing I clocked with it that I took issue with, though, that I thought right away when it came down, was the issue with the hair is they don't physically look alike Mm -hmm. at all. And the coloring of the costumes is inherently different. 
So to me, if you're going to do this, you need to have almost identical hair. Yeah. And they didn't, even if it was like structurally the same, the yeah. color was so off, um, that I, I feel like that was the thing where I was like, she might be in the bottom too, because she didn't, even though it's like on brand for Nina, she didn't get them close enough to looking even kind of alike, and they don't look alike at all. Well, I'll say this, I think what actually got her in the bottom too was that makeup, because like, it was rough. It was harsh. It was the, like, it. I agree with the statement that, that whatever judge said, I think it was Michelle, yeah. like, it was, it was unfortunate to see Sugar in that makeup because you know how good Sugar's makeup can look, and it did look good. It was really rough. And as far as me for the looks, like, uh, uh yeah, no, I, I... I, I, I didn't love this look. Uh, I didn't think it was that great. I didn't love it, but I thought that felt like the dictionary definition of a safe look. Yeah, maybe. But it was one of those things where, like, I did... I, I did like... I did appreciate what it was, which it was, like, a pride outfit, yeah. like, yeah. Grand Marshal yeah. type of thing. And for that, I thought that was very good. Like, it yeah. was a great... Pride Grand Marshal look. Yeah. So, like, if that's what they were trying to serve and they were trying to be, like, sisters as Grand Marshals, I think they did a really great job yeah. with that. But, uh, in the same token, I don't think it was, like, high fashion, but honestly, I didn't think that was the challenge. Me, yeah, yeah, me neither. That, <laughs> that, I took issue with that when they started judging it because it was like, that That wasn't clear to us or them. Um, who was that? Oh, uh, Honey and Akira. Oh, I loved I both loved. of them. They looked great. They looked yeah. wonderful. Honey's face was beat. She looked amazing. Like I, I'm not saying Honey should change her makeup. Like she looks very good doing what she does in her in her world. But like that little like weekend trip to like h- d- hardcore pageant land. Yeah, no, it was her, fun. Did her many favors. I'm like, it was fun. Her face is gorgeous. Yeah. I'll say I'll say this. Those those dresses were very simple. The wigs were very simple. The makeup was gorgeous. But the analogy I thought in my head when I came saw that coming down the runway was in like every cooking show. And as they've talked, I've seen other people scrambled eggs. Scrambled eggs. (laughs) Yes. Where it's like you give the new chef eggs. It's like it's simple, but it's also super easy to fuck up. And if you get it right, it's something everyone loves for a reason. Yeah, no, I think I think scrambled eggs have actually been on the podcast already. Yeah, did we already? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you yeah. made that. Yeah, no. yeah. Oh, there we go. It's valid. But I mean, it's <laughs> totally so true. true. It yeah. was like they, they kept saying, like if the wheel has been in existence for a really long time for a real good reason. Right. If it ain't broke, don't fix yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And then on top, but I will say, like. I didn't feel that way about a curious wig, which is how many times have we seen her in that exact Several wig? Times. Several times. Several times. At least three, if not more than three. She has two of them and two of the wig that Honey wore. They're always in the back. She has two of 
two identical ones of the ones she wore this time and two identical ones of the one honey wore. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah no, but I they definitely looked like scissors. Yeah. Sisters. Scissors. Yeah. They looked like... They, they looked like the scissor sisters. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that keyhole bitch. <laughs> yeah. She did that on purpose to, like, make up for the terrible keyhole uh, in the other look. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I agree. Um, Alright, so who was next on the runway? Uh, it, that... Oh, God, I, I hate to say their name again for fear that they'll appear spontaneously... Silky and Soju. <laughs> what did you think, honey? This ain't candy, man. They are Chicago queens, though Silky recently moved to LA, which might feel make you feel safer. Well, then on top of that, how long was Silky here before she was like, I'm a Chicago queen? Like, I never heard of her. Right, right. right. <laughs> she, she had lived here a whole of less than six months. Yeah, so, okay, so obviously... We the, don't claim her. <laughs> we yeah. don't claim her. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you can't see the face I'm making right now. That's probably to your benefit. Um, so yeah, the Silky's padding was ridiculous. Uh, her uh, so, and Soju was a train wreck. Was she corseted at all? Like, was I she? Didn't, I didn't really have the body issues of, with Soju that you it, seem to. It have just had with it her. just looked really weirdly shaped and bottom heavy in a way that was like not like. Oh, she was padded for Jesus with that S, but. Like yeah, I didn't, uh, I didn't find the other parts of her. Like I didn't, I didn't think it was that bad. Uh, God, and the makeup was the makeup was bad. Like oh. you did it with a sharpie. Do tell. Would never have guessed that you used a non-makeup product to put that makeup on. Well, she did it on the eyebrows, and it's funny because the eyebrows were the only part that I was like not just horribly appalled by. So maybe that says something even worse. That you're just like, oh. It was with a marker, and ooh, man, the makeup was the bad part. I mean, this actually reminded me, they did this in season one, I think. It was season one or season two, I want to say season one, where there was a mini, it was like a mini challenge where they had to apply, put the other girl's face on. And maybe there's some muscle memory thing where it's like, like I can put... Like, sure like, like, like a man trying to put a necktie on another person rather than himself. Yeah. Where it's like all of the muscle memory is inverted and maybe that was part of the problem. Where may, may- I think their coloring is totally different. I think a lot of how the sh- shading and shadowing is going to work is challenging. I think she had a lot of work to do to get the walk down. I think this is one of those challenges where they really give them like a few hours tops. Like not much time. And I think like... I think it's just hard to do anybody like a new person's makeup just all together. I had one drag other drag queen do my makeup once and I was glad I didn't kill her because she did a terrible job. <laughs> uh yeah, so I just think that's the nature of the beast. But collectively the looks were te- the looks were terrible. Terrible. I think you just really dislike both of these contestants that you can't oh, see. I like Soju fine. Like I wouldn't I mean, Soju seems like a perfectly lovely human being. Yeah, no, I, I do It was think, a bad runway. I, I think I you think, think that it this was, was yeah. like, god-awful, and I think it was a bad runway. Yeah, no, I mean, honestly, it was the worst look of the night, yes. in my opinion. Agreed. It, it wasn't that great. 
But it w- I don't know if I'd go so far as to be like, oh, she might as well just died while we were out here. It would have saved everybody some favors. Which is explicitly what you said. <laughs> no, um, that impersonation of me was really accurate. I, it, was just, it was a little alarming. I was like, what side of me is this coming from right now? So next, I believe, we have Vanjie and Ariel. They looked amazing. Those coats were great. The coat reveal. I no, love the, the coat reveal. Yeah, I loved it. And they had one black, one white. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Was I the only one who literally had to double check which one was Vanjie? I didn't have to double check. But I didn't I have it was great. to, but I thought they did a great He's job. They, I'm just like saying, like it, it was like a quick second of like, yeah, okay, I'm right, but I needed to check to be sure. Yeah, like they, they, she did a great job making Ariel look like look like her. Yeah. 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 And then on top of that, I like that they had, you know, not the classic Vanjie silhouette. Yeah. Thank a, God. Like, a dre- like the dress and the pantsuit. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. yeah. And I liked that Ariel, like Vanjie obviously worked very hard to be like, I am constructing, I am tailoring something I already brought, like I can do this. And she was working very hard and was very like nice and cooperative with Ariel and like putting... You know, trying to dot all of her eyes, cross all her T's. And I like that Ariel gave her props on this stage. And I like that they gave her the positive praise she deserved. Because yeah. I feel like they've been honestly hard on her. Yeah, and the, the little Miss Vanjie callback... Was great. It was predictable as all hell, but it doesn't mean I was didn't have like a big-ass grin on Yeah, no, it's one of those things where it's just like, give me what I want, give me what I want. It was like, you know, going to see Jinx after like season five and you're just like... Uh, you better fucking say it, bitch. Say the phrase. Say it. Say it for me. I want to hear it. Water off a duck's back. No, she said it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no, I thought that was great. Uh, next was Brooklyn and Plastique, and I want to just start this off by saying right now, Brooklyn Heights, despite her lack of self-awareness, is a performer. What do you think of how she performed this runway? I think she she executed, much like a Kyria, where it was just like, you could call this safe. It was like right down the center lane of what you've done and what you've shown us before. And to unify your sister's look, you literally had the same dress in a different color. That being said, details were on point. Everything worked. And the little story beat of like teaching Plastique to pageant walk perfect it was like the little 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 spice you can't see me making a little yeah. spice distributing finger motion right now but like like that little sprinkle like like yeah you she you, found a way to it was the one, yeah, that one yeah. notch above just boring pageant and you took it to like a not boring pageant and that was great yeah yeah no i i really like the the correction moment yeah and the great. look on her face as it happened like uh, it was it was great drama on the yeah, runway, totally. and I always look for drama. Yeah, no, and I like you know when people get like this is classic whatever. I love nineteen forties movie star hair. That's like when people are like, oh, we've seen this before. Sometimes seeing the best thing again is great. I fucking love that hair. Yeah, I thought it was I great. Um, so then we get our top two. It's Brooklyn and Vanjie, which you know the PAs were thrilled for. It was completely justifiable. Yeah. Um, and everybody thought that Vanjie was going to win. Obviously, Brooklyn didn't. Or, or Vanjie did not win. Brooklyn did. What did you guys think? Um, I did like I did like Brooklyn congratulating Vanjie for being in the top on stage. That Me was too. a nice little moment. Me too. Yeah, no, that was very happy. cute. I disagree. I think Vanjie should have won both, I, literally and narratively. I liked that both of them... No, all the girls in the back when they announced yeah. the winner were all like, 
oh, I thought you were gonna win. Like, everyone said that to yeah. Ariel about, like, Vanjie, and, and I, like, I mean, I think everyone thought that Vanjie was right, going to win. Right, and it wouldn't even been unearned. It was the yeah. appropriate point in the narrative, because Vanjie needs a win to stay relevant, and she actually won. Yeah, no, she deserved it. She, like, the way that they were talking about it, it was and like, like, oh, you deserve happened? this? Yeah, and totally. Then, yeah, what the hell happened? She served two different silhouettes. She she deserved the win. Yeah, I will say one piece of the critique I did like was Rue referencing uh, Marilyn Monroe and Jane Russell in uh, Gentlemen Prefer Blondes because that is one of my yeah. favorite movies. The scene of uh, of Miss Russell <laughs> going through the Olympic swimming team while singing "Ain't There Anyone Here for Love" remains like one of the highlights of my entire life. Uh, so I enjoyed that callback. Speaking of judging, we haven't discussed the guest judges who were great. Yeah. Wait, wait, hold on. I think... So my thoughts on the top two... Oh, sorry. sorry, Yeah, all right. Um, Yeah, no, so my thoughts on the top two were that uh, I I actually do think that Brooklyn won, but I think it would have been more interesting for them to have Angie win, Mm -hmm. and I was surprised because I felt like they edited in that direction so much that it surprised me that that's what happened. Um... I love that Brooklyn was immediately like, we're going on vacation, Vanjie. Because <laughs> I, was cute. I that feel was like cute. you could see in that moment, she wasn't going to like fall on a sword or something absurd, but she was going to be like, we're, we're going to share this together. It was very sweet. And I like, I like the hints of their relationship we get. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyways, so moving on to the judges. Yes. I'm very, I always just breeze past the judges because I usually don't care. But Lena Waith and, and Wanda Sykes are definitely worth. Oh yeah. They were. They were so good. They brought like two perspectives, like you two know, black lesbians, which I love. Yeah, and on one episode. Yeah, and uh, you know, uh, Lena Waite's a writer. Wanda Sykes is a comedian. So they both have that like creative side, not just the performing side, but the creative side of things. And I think their their comments were were good. Like I always like I always like a good substantive critique. Yeah. Yeah, I, I also very much appreciated the bitch. I'm from Chicago, and I actually am too. Yeah, yeah. Like, that was that was yeah. nice. I I enjoyed that. Me part. too. Yeah, Me too. No, she was great. I love their comments. The 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 melanated Marilyn Monroe is like I I loved it. Me too. Me too. <laughs> um. So then let's get into the bottom two. Now before that, what do you think about the moment where they asked with all twelve girls? Oh. Who do you think should go home? It made me so happy they asked the other six, too. Yeah, yeah, no, I love that part. This question's ridiculous, and it has no bearing on any... Like, this is one of those times where you can actually just do ridiculous drama as much as you feel like, and I don't care, because... I mean, especially given that the entire panel was split Evie, uh, Silky, and Evie was fine, this clearly has no bearing on this process. It was super fun watching it. I would have lived... I would have lived if Soju had turned to Silky and just been like, you bitch, look at this face. Look at this face. We all would have lived. Like, that would have been great. Would have been the, like, the fact that Soju, like, faked this loyalty towards Silky for the course of the episode and even, like, congratulated her after, like, you know, she ended up whatever. Like, I would have lived if Sil- Soju had just turned to Silky and just felt like, bitch, you deserve to go home. Look at this shit. Like, yeah, I, I actually thought that Soju said very, like, casually, like, that Evie just wasn't at this level. And it made me think, oh, Soju, like, doesn't get what is great about Evie, oddly. 
Which made me respect Soju less. That was honestly yeah, my feeling. Yeah, no, the, the fact that that was her reason, I was just like, girl, get a mirror. Yep. <laughs> um, so, Silky was in the bottom. I think we all saw that coming. To me, it was indisputably the worst. Oh, yeah. I think if Brooklyn was trying to sabotage her, well played. <laughs> um, and So, Brooklyn had nothing to do with that. Okay. Um, and then, uh, and then Nina, what did we think about Nina West being in the bottom? So annoyed. Like, I mean, and I felt it like the, I wrote in the notes I was taking because I care and I prepare for this in the, like my literal note was, I feel producer nonsense coming. Why is it bad that they look like pride parade costumes? You know what gay, you know what gay people love? Fucking pride parade costumes. Like you literally invented a qualification. You, you invented a condition of the, of the runway look after the runway was done. Yeah. Like, and I knew the minute they said it, I'm like, ah, <clears throat> oh, shit. Yeah. But I'll say this. If not her, who? Evie. Evie? I, I didn't, I did not like how Scarlet looked. Oh, I thought. Honestly, I thought that Nina deserved to be in the bottom two with Silky. Like, I just did. Like, the makeup was rough. It wasn't... They didn't really look like siblings to me. And, yeah, no. Honestly, I did think that she deserved to be in the bottom. And, uh, yeah, I liked... I liked Silk. I'm sorry. I liked Evie and Scarlet's look more. And mm. they definitely, like, sold it. So I'm, they sold it really well in a way that I see what you're saying. I'm going to be honest here in that I feel like sometimes there are weeks where there's a challenge where there's one person who totally fucking whiffs it and everybody else is safe to good. And then they do a lip sync and you can kind of tell that it's like the other person would pretty much have to Charlie Hyde's for the girl who totally fucked up to not go home. And to me, between the week, the weeks prior... And Silky's performance this week, to me, it was like, I don't care who the other person was, Silky should have gone home. Agreed. And Silky should have gone home tonight. Yeah. I, I can I can agree with that. No, I would have taught... I am mad Nina went home when she did and how she did. Had Rue... So, we're, we're, are we just getting into the lip sync? Yeah. Okay. I've been holding, been holding it a lot. Please monologue, bitch. <laughs> It was not a great lip sync for anyone. I don't dispute that. It was clearly not Nina's jam. It was. Uh, it's possible Nina just doesn't lip sync for tips that often these days. It was not. Didn't make anyone look great. Ruse meh was not inaccurate, but based on the priors, that should have sent Silky home. Had Ruse sent both of them home and made that the shocking double elimination, I would have at least felt better. Yeah, you would have preferred the, the two plus-size queens going home, given that RuPaul will literally never crown one ever. Okay. That that you think that would have landed well? It would have felt it would have felt more honest because I I will accept it would the, have felt more honest. I, <laughs> I will accept the intellectual integrity of the position that it should be Nina, not even the other half of that bottom two. I disagree, but that's largely that might just be for personal taste reasons more than some objective. I think you see yourself in Nina more than anybody yeah. else on the show. So once it was like, and Nina w did actually perform the song. Yes. Like, yeah. No, it, I think she did. I think she won that. Lip yeah. Sync. Yeah. I don't think she like set the house on fire. And yeah. that's a song you could probably with the right set of Queens do that. 
But Silky was just all over the place. There was like a reveal and a splits and a whatever. And the wig in yeah. her hair. That right. She had to like just stop dealing and to deal with the wig that she just got completely. Right. And then and, and was, <laughs> yeah. And no. Was, after she did that split. Yeah. And then her hair just was like she basically was a mask. I was yeah. like, what yeah. is happening right now? I know. Now? She, it was like the girl from the ring. <laughs> yeah. No, Nina, it was the girl. It was. Yeah, okay. we, we all Nina have... did a full performance that lacked soul. Silky was a fucking mess in the challenge yeah. and in the lip sync. I'm sorry, there but... is no excuse yeah. what? for keeping Silky Ganache and sending Nina West up. Agreed. What kind of upbeat choreo are you gonna do to No Scrubs by TLC? Like right, you have the, car and you're walking. Oh yes, son. I'm talking to you. Right, like right, it right, is. You, you, yeah, we're we're all just rolling our shoulders right now because that. You know what? That was the, and, that was like, the choreography in the goddamn video. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> that's what I kept yeah. thinking the entire time, and I was like, they just pulled off that that choreo pretty good. Yeah, you know, you know what she was doing? She was doing Tatiana. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, so I I I thought it was bullshit. Oh, no. um, uh, and is... I, I honestly think sending both of them home would have been way more honest, but also gotten a much stronger negative response. I, I get that, but I'm just saying, I watched this episode and I chucked a crystal vase into my mantelpiece. I really startled several of my manservants. I'm still not over it. Yeah, no. <laughs> oh, but like, uh, what's that result that like, I'm not a roach. Like, oh, 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 are you, are you kidding? Are you? You've been like, make me lip sync, make me lip sync. They did, and she sucked. This is what, <laughs> this is what you were holding up your sleeve. Yeah, at? no, this is my ace in the hole. I just, I don't, I don't understand. Even if you think Silky is drama in the workroom, even if you think she was a fan favorite, that, that like, first of all, how do you think? Like, there's no logic to this decision because even, even if you think Silky was going to be some. Fan favorite breakout hit of the season. You you think people are going to like her more than Nina West? Nina West is a hug given human form. Yeah, no, the idea of Nina West <laughs> not getting Miss Con- uh, congeniality is like a fucking joke. Yeah, and I honestly think she's going to be the contestant who benefits the most. Yeah, from being on this show. Yeah, you you, you just rename it the Nina West Award for being miscongenial. Yeah, it's like <laughs> I, I agree. Um, so, do we have any other thoughts on this episode, or what, or what we think of the choice or the history of choices oh. with plus size queens that we want to discuss? Because I have a, I have oh, a thing I want to get into once we're done with the episode. We're getting. I want to say about the the actual like exit. Yeah. Like the oh, exit. Oh yes, please Nina do. West. Please. Like the like go big, be kind, go west. Like ah uh, ah. Uh, Oh yeah, I love her so much. I literally like took my breath away. Her, she was so gracious. Like, she, she was, was so she's gracious. She's been gracious this whole time. Yeah, I see a lot of Ursula, who is my best friend, Indina West, and I'm not gonna lie. When she said that and she teared up, I teared up. I, my eyes swelled with water at multiple points in these last three minutes. Yeah, no, I totally like. I have never been so deeply affected by, like, this show as I was during this episode during Nina's exit. I just, like, what great fucking TV that was. I mean, like, am I sad? Yes, but that was great TV. I agree. I agree. Alright, so, I want to talk about the fact that there's never been a plus-size queen, which many plus-size girls who make it to the, the top three or four have a tendency to reference in their why they should win. I never think that's a great selling point yeah. for you, but I do think at a certain point, 
never hiring a minority and never crowning a plus size queen does suspiciously start to speak to a organization or a person's character. Um, I think in season seven, we had our closest contestant with Ginger Minge. I think she lost it in the confessionals and being unapologetically two-faced. She is Southern. Um, but like, <laughs> that, that did happen. I don't, I feel like Vi- while Violet Chachki won that season more than anything, I think Ginger lost, she won it in the competition and lost it in the confessionals. Um, to me, Nina, what, I think RuPaul just loves fishy fucking supermodel glamour. She's a black man who's made her fortune playing essentially a drag queen character that yields to, like, white beauty standards. And she does it great. I love RuPaul. I love the show. Whatever. But I just think she never sees everything she wants in a contestant and a plus-size queen. I don't think it's intentional or malicious, but I do think it's a problem. I do think Eureka almost had it last year and could easily could have taken it. Like, I think that she could have... I don't know why she didn't actually win. I, Except for, like, that... I did not like her final lip sync look. I just didn't. I oh, thought that, the tearaway that, was just Yeah, that like, burrito? Ugh, ugh. What are you doing with this tear... Like, the big girl wins. Like, ugh, what? Like, that's not an exciting tearaway moment. And, like, then she had the whole social media thing that happened during oh, yeah. the course of her season. So, God, I mean, there's, there's so many yeah. social media scandals. It's so many social media scandals. So, <laughs> yeah, no. But, like, outside of those things, I, I feel like Eureka could have, could have taken that. What do you think? Because I feel like I watch the show and I see Nina, and A, she's not that big, and I think this show tests for a lot of things, and while Nina ha- might have just a few lanes, the things she excels at most, I think RuPaul would be lucky to have her name assigned to. And in my mind, I think RuPaul should be knowledgeable enough to know, I need to, pl- to crown a plus-size queen at one point. To me, of all of them, Nina West's the one I would have been yeah, targeting. Well, I, I th- and they... Obviously, could have kept Nina around longer. Yeah. Oh, certainly. I think I think Nina should be like again. I I rarely get as uppity about do I think a queen should win as do I think a queen should be in the final round. I get that. I, I think it's if nothing else, I want a well balanced, earned final round to make the win feel at all consequential. Yes. Well, I actually like I had a whole discussion earlier today about this with somebody else. In that, like, do I think Nina West deserved to go home this episode? I'm going to preface this by saying no. Okay. However, given the fact that next week is obviously the music video. No, they don't even do a music video anymore. It's now just purely, like, dancing and singing, like, thing, hard choreo. And then... The finale is now always a lip sync battle off. It's not a like, hey, we're going to do a big production and then like, you know, crown somebody at the end of this. But ultimately you haven't, you just have to show up in a dress moment. Like, honestly, I I think that Nina West wouldn't have done like as well. Do you think they did a favor sending her home now on a high note? Uh, Put it this way. I think... I don't think that she would have been going out on a higher note if she had stayed. I, I get that, but I also, th- like, this goes back, like, as far back as the first couple of seasons, um, like, there's a reason Tyra Sanchez won season two. It's because Tyra Sanchez, for whatever her numerous other failings, is the queen that reminds Rue most of herself. Yep. 
And Fair enough. Most of the time, anytime Rue makes a decision, like, I even think it's like, and I'm going to preface this by saying, I love Shangela. Shangela, you have done amazing things and you have earned every piece of success you've ever had. Get those cookies. Has, yeah. But the thing that I think Rue saw in that first, like, I don't think anyone would have been blamed for watching season three or season two, just going like, okay, she burned out one episode, moving on. And the thing that I think kept Rue coming back was whatever Rue saw in Shangela that reminded Rue of herself. That is the rubric, which is fine. It is RuPaul's Drag Race, not the International Olympic Committee's drag competition. I appreciate that. <laughs> that being said, first drag should be an Olympic sport. Um, two, <laughs> I I think the source of it just, I, I think that's what it boils down to. Rue doesn't see herself in the big girl narrative. I agree. And I think that's why, I think that's the stumbling point. It's so do not, I. Yeah. So do I. And I feel like Nina's departure to me was, I feel like a lot of people have talked about how long can this show go on? The judges have narrow ideas of what drag should be. It's done a lot to elevate drag, but also to like streamline it in ways that are not always great. We need other platforms, etc. And for me, I this episode was the point at which I was like, I'm ready for RuPaul to step out and bring in Alaska and like other queens who I respect to judge it in a way that is more open minded. Yeah, honestly, I, I am now um, in a totally contrarian fashion, jumping ship. I'm officially 100% Team Silky, just so this conversation sounds ridiculous in hindsight. <laughs> That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, no, but I've I, I, I just would thoroughly enjoyed that, just in a purely, like, contrarian note. And, uh, yeah, no, that's... Uh, that's not sustainable. <laughs> no, it's not. No. Speaking of the the rest of the season, so we have we have five queens left: Curia, Silky, Evie, um, Brooklyn, and Banjo. Brooklyn and Banjo. Is it just Brooklyn's by default now? I think they're still gonna whatever, and they're gonna fuck with her next week, so it doesn't feel like it's hers by default. But she's also a dancer, so she'll be fine. Yeah, like I do think Brooklyn's gonna win. Like I'm just saying, someone would have to like Tanya Harding her. To like take her out yes, this week, yes, or yes. like, man, let, let, let me let me update my reference. Showgirls, like yes. a little little handful of glass yes. beads or something. And I think Banji's <laughs> I think Banji's the one to be let go, but I think that they are committed enough to her that I couldn't tell you who's going to not make it to the top four. Yeah, I, I could see a case that if Silky, I think Silky is now to the extent the show cares at all about intellectual integrity, like Silky needs to clear the bar without touching it. To stick around, okay. I think I, I think I could see like Silky is where I thought Vanjie was this week, where it's like Vanjie needed a win, and in all but name, Vanjie got the win. Yeah, and that justifies Vanjie sticking around. If Silky turns in another weird padding week, yeah, then it's gonna be like, what are you doing here? To the extent that not even Rue's love for your antics could possibly cover up. I yeah. would love it if Silky didn't make it to the top four. Yeah. I'm <laughs> I'm unimpressed with her. Yeah, I don't like. I don't think she should have gotten as far as she has. The okay. only things that I care about is that I get a repeat of the Brooklyn Evie Oddly Showdown, and that at some point I also get my Brooklyn Advantage send this bitch home. Okay, moment. okay. Actually, that would be a great final four. <laughs> if I'm trying to think, I'm hoping that that's. Two of the three lip syncs. I think Brooklyn will have to lip sync against both Vanjie and Evie. Yeah, at yeah, some totally, point. It totally. has to happen. If the way. first round were Brooklyn, Vanjie, 
And then in a very tearful moment, Vanji loses, but Brooklyn goes on, and maybe they'll get married on stage. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, they'll have they'll have a honeymoon yeah. afterwards. And then it, I guess it would be Evie over Silky or Evie over Akira. Akira. Yeah. Maybe it could be. I would like to see Evie lip sync against Silky, just because Dante's my favorite author, and ironically appropriate punishments delight me. Um, but like, if the, if this week were. If next week were like Evie had a had the weakest week of the good, it was like one of those like hair splitting ones, and she knocked Silky out in the lip sync, especially because of their rivalry. That would be super fun for me. I get yeah, that. No, I get that would be nice. Yeah, I get that. Um, I I do want to say I feel like I meant to touch on this on the intro. Sort of just last thoughts on Nina, the mm-hmm. Nina Brooklyn thing. I felt like the week before Nina gave in too much to Brooklyn's needs, and then the next week Brooklyn made a point to make herself putty. And follow Nina's lead, and they put on the phenomenal magic yeah. show. My like, what I would love, and this just occurred to me now, is if they literally took like for three episodes, they had Nina's improv school for the queens who deserve it from this season <laughs> put on productions for like three shows where Nina West is like the um, what is his name, the choreographer, the person who comes in and does like a whole show. Christ. Yeah, like I would love that, and I would love to see. Like, All-Stars 3 with uh, Chi-Chi Devane and Bendela Creme, where Bendela Creme was basically the theater coach to everybody. Mm. Like, that would be a fun supplement thing that the show could do that I think... Because I think those are things where Ben and Nina are, like, leagues beyond these yeah. other girls. Yeah. And that's that's the entirety of my thoughts on this episode. Do, do you... Either of you have anything else you want to add? Uh, I think it's delightful that Nina West uh, announced that she's releasing two albums that are available for pre-order on iTunes, one of which is a children's album, and one of which is an adult's album. Oh, I love that. I, I'm it's just amazing. like, I am totally gonna be that gay uncle that buys my niece and nephew the Nina West album. You betcha. That's totally happening. <laughs> a- a- AOC uh, blew up uh, her Twitter today, so that was like, that. hey, good on you. Um, one day I will not be as angry as I am right now. That day is not today. <laughs> the day That's not obvious. Today. It's, it's probably not going to be tomorrow. Yeah, it won't. But uh, Nina, Nina will be fine. Yep. Nina will be if fine. If you care about Nina, make a point to look when, she, when and where she has shows and support her her art and her performance from here on out. I have every intention yeah. of setting a lot of dirt. Yeah, she's on a like, short list with like Katya for me where it's like, I will fork over my money when you come to town. Oh, absolutely. Okay. And I'm also like, you need an agent because you can act. Yeah. For real. Um, all right. So that was it. Uh, thank you so much for listening. I'm Condé Nasty. I'm Ursula the Sea Bitch. And this has been Reading Drag Race. Thank you so much, that girl, for coming. Hey. We had a blast. So, everyone, please rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends, send affectionate smoke signals. You get the idea. And if your name is Louis Rattel, we love you. You're brilliant. Please be on our podcast. We're going to leave you now with a tarot reading from that girl down the street. Bye. Bye. Hello. This is That Girl Down the Street with your weekly drag queen tarot reader. This week we're going to be reading Nina West, the most recently eliminated queen from RuPaul's Drag Race. I couldn't agree more, honey. Uh, Your cards are the Queen of Wands, the Four of Wands, and the Six of Wands. 
So, wands all around. I love wands. Like, wands are by far my favorite suit. So, this is, this is good. I really love this. Okay. So, the Queen of Wands. I can't think of a better card for you in that the Queen of Wands is like this upbeat, courageous, determined female energy in that she's here to see through a creative vision and a life purpose. So I would very much associate this with uh, charity and works of charity and just Nina more so than anyone else has been like that girl that like came here with a purpose in mind to essentially unify people and bring people together and elevate them and tell their stories. I think that this is really good for her. The Queen of Wands is also like super self-actualized in that they're very self-aware of their limitations. So I would also say that this is really like, you knew Nina wasn't going to make it through a fourth like fashion challenge. Like, I love her. She's probably my favorite queen, honestly, period, on the show now. She herself admits, she's like, I, don't, I didn't come here to slay a runway. Like, so, uh, yeah, no, the Queen of Wands, she knows what her strengths are, knows what her weaknesses are, and she utilizes and channels her strengths to the best of her ability to essentially achieve their goals. So, very much Nina West in a nutshell. So, keep doing that. This is where you're at already, and this is something that you should continue to do. Uh, the Four of Wands signifies really just a celebration. I was recently like uh, at a wedding and I did a reading for the couple that was getting married and this is one of the cards that was pulled so I was really happy because it signifies like the celebration after some sort of like major achievement, major goal. You made it, you're here, debuted to the world, and just revel in it, bitch. Like, ah, uh, I hear it's true what they say. After this type of exposure, you essentially become a different person. You basically get the opportunity to redefine yourself in a way that, like, most other people don't experience in their life. So just, like, revel in that and revel in the fact that it ended up being really positive you came here with a great message and people love you for it so kudos lastly the six of wands the six of wands essentially is a uh, much of the same stuff in that it symbolizes the successful completion of an endeavor or goal so it's really the parade after like, you know, some sort of major milestone has been met. Going out there, doing something, and then getting, getting like, public praise, elevation due to achieving what it is that you set out to do in the first place, which was to bring people together and really just show the world Nina West. I, no joke, got all sorts of emotional during this elimination, especially like 
go big, be kind, go west. I mean, shit, girl. You got me again. I'm doing it again already. Yeah. I think that... I think that Nina West truly is magic in a lot of ways because magic really boils down to being able to create the world that you want with your own will. And there hasn't been a more powerful magical force uh, within Drag in a while, in my opinion, in that she, more than anyone, has been able to truly get people to just, like, look inside themselves and realize their own power. And that's powerful magic. So, um, yeah, I love you, Nina. I think you're amazing. Jesus, girl, with all these wands, wands being like progress and change, girl, you have so much to be looking forward to, and I'm just so happy to be on this train. Love you, bitch. Magic. That's like my sign-off now. I'm like, Naomi Smalls is great. I love her, but like, magic.